0: Resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, he is risen. But what benefits are there in that? So, we're going to talk about those. We want to begin with one. That one is that we have redemption. We have redemption. Available to us. Because Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. We have redemption Uh, Available to us. Now, I say available to us only because uh, redemption means that we were, let's say, captives. And we were held captives by sin. Would we agree on that? No one that's been born was born without sin. Are we in agreement with that? If we are born a human being, we've been birthed from Adam. And so Adam's sin has been imputed to all. And so, therefore, we need a Savior. We need redemption. We need someone to uh, purchase our freedom. And that purchase was by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that's exciting. That he loved us so much, he gave us his life for us. So let's talk about that redemption just a little bit because some people might not believe that, well, I don't know whether I need redeeming or not because, actually, actually, uh, it was in the the scripture, a similar way the Pharisees didn't didn't think they needed uh, a redeemer. Really, they thought they they were okay in in certain ways because they were uh, children of Abraham, they thought. Uh, but let's look at it in 1 John. Let's open our Bibles and if you have it, and if not, uh, look at the screens. 1 John, chapter 3. Let's look in uh, verse, starting in verse 4. Let's establish just a few things today in this area. Everyone who practices Sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. So we, we know that we need it to be set free from sin. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Can we thank God that those of us who are born again are we are in Christ. So therefore, we, are, we now are not, let's say, sinners anymore like we were. We've been saved by grace. No one, verse 6 says, who abides in him sins. And it means that, they, that no one that abides in him practices sin if we'll follow the Context of what it's saying, no one who practices sin has seen him or knows him. I'm giving you the interpretation of this verse because it'll say, No one who sins has seen him or knows him, and we know that there is no one without sin. Are we in agreement with that? But we know that we don't practice sin if we've been redeemed, if we're in him. Because if we abide in him, we can't continue to sin. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Oh, that's, that's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Oh, that's that's news that we're publicizing. Good news. That the works of the devil, they've been destroyed by Jesus Christ. So I didn't know that when I was, uh, before I was born again. I didn't know that. I thought that I didn't uh, need, (laughs) really to. Confess Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Whatever I knew there was a God, and I knew that I was okay. Uh, I knew that I was, you know, well, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't murdered anybody. You know, I think I'm okay. I think I'm gonna go to heaven uh, if I die because I'm a good guy. See, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue what the scripture said, and there are many others who don't have a clue, many others, and I didn't know that I was a sinner need needed a savior. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that unless I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that I would die and I will be thrown into the pit of uh, burning fire, of uh, lake of fire and brimstone. I didn't know that. That wasn't meant for me. But I knew that once uh, reading it, I said, "Whoa, that is not good." You know. Uh, everybody who knows me knows that I like hot weather. I don't like cold weather. You know, I'm okay with eight and nine. I'm okay. 90 degrees every day is okay with me. But fire and brimstone, no, no. Oh, no. I'm not there. I'm not there. It says no one who is born of God practices sin. That's good news. That's good news because I know that I don't have to practice sin. I don't have to tell people, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to sin every day. Uh, so, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. I'm not going to sin every day because the Bible tells me that if I'm born of God, I'm not going to practice sin. That's good news. That I don't have to be in bondage captive to sin because Jesus Christ has set me free. And he set us free, hasn't he? He set us free. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. And that's not me talking. I'm reading from New American Standard Version of the Bible, and that's what it says. And so, therefore, what God says is true. Isn't it? And if anybody says any different, they're a liar. Because God is true. Now, I like that. It's exciting to me. It's good news. Let's turn to the Gospel of John. Uh, let's start in verse chapter 8 let's go there and we'll go to verse 31 it says so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him if you continue in my word Then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Good news. Good news. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. Whoa. Come on. Thought they knew the scripture. Well, you know. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. Aren't you glad that we have been redeemed? That the ransom has been paid? And that we don't have to no longer be slaves to sin? But the Pharisees didn't know that. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Good news. Good news. Redemption is available for all. All who come in this world is available for those who believe. And the question is, do we believe that? Jesus Christ is our ransom. Do we believe that? Do we believe that he's the only way, truth, and life? Do we believe that? Or do we believe there's another way? If we are good enough, we'll get in. If maybe somebody prayed for us enough, we'll get in. If we are religious, we'll get in. That's that's right, that's right, Julia, that's right. Julia, you're right, girl. No, we're not going to get in unless we accept the price that was paid for the salvation of our souls. Now, I want to give you a demonstration a little bit how it might be or could be on that day. It's just a hypothetical situation. If you get there and you go to a room, Joanna Down is going to give us a monologue of the room.
1: Between wakefulness and sleep I found myself in the room There were no distinguishing features about it Except the fact that the one wall was lined with index card files They were like the ones that you would see in a library That list the titles by author or subject in alphabetical order But these were different They went from floor to ceiling and seemed to go on forever and the titles were very different I noticed one of them guys I have liked I opened it up and began flipping through the cards I shut it shocked to realize that I recognized the names written on each one of those cards And then, without having to be told, I knew exactly where I was. This lifeless room with its small card files was a complete card catalog system of my life. Here were written the actions of my every moment, great and small, in a detail my memory couldn't match. A sense of wonder and curiosity coupled with horror stirred about me as I began randomly opening up files and flipping through the cards. Many of them brought back happy and joyous memories. While others, a sense of shame and regret so intense that I kept looking over my shoulder to make sure no one else was looking. One file named Friends was next to another file named Friends I Betrayed. The titles range from the mundane to the outright weird. Books I have read. Lies I have told. Comfort I have given. Jokes I have laughed at. Many of them are almost hilarious at their exactness. While others things I've done in my anger, things I've muttered to my husband under my breath. I was overwhelmed by the sheer volume of the life I had lived. Could it be possible that I'd had the time in my 30 years to write all these thousands, even millions of cards, but each card confirmed the truth? Each card was written in my handwriting. And signed with my signature. I noticed one file. TV shows I watched. I opened it up. The cards were packed tightly and yet as I opened it up two to three feet, I'd still not found the end. I shut it. Shamed. Not so much by the quality of the television that I watched. But by the time. That I knew this file represented. And then I saw it the file named Lustful Thoughts. I felt a shiver run down my spine. I opened it, only an inch, not willing to test its size, and drew out a card. I shivered at its detailed account. I felt sick to think that this moment in my life had been recorded. Rage exploded within me. One thought dominated my mind. No one must ever see these cards. No one must ever see this room. I must destroy them. I yanked the file out. I began banging it against the floor, but not one single card would dislodge. Desperately, I grabbed one of the cards, only to find it as strong as steel, when I tried to tear it. Helpless and defeated, I returned the file back to its place. And as I knelt down next to the files, I saw a different one. The handle looked almost unused, like it was brand new, like it had never been touched. I bent down to look at the title. People with whom I've shared the gospel. I tugged on the handle. And a small box, not more than a few inches deep, fell into my hand. I could count the cards on one hand. And then the tears came. (laughs) I began to weep. (laughs) Sobs so deep they started in my stomach and shook all the way through me. I cried for the shame, the shame of it all. The rows of files swirled in my tear filled eyes. No one must ever see this room. No one must ever see these cards. And as I wiped the tears from my eyes, I saw him. No. No, not here. Not now. Anyone but Jesus. I watched helplessly as he walked over to one end of the files. He began opening them up and reading their contents. I couldn't bear to watch his response. He intuitively went to the worst ones. Why did he have to read every card? But finally he looked at me from across the room. I saw pity in his eyes, but not a pity that angered me. I dropped my head, and I put my face in my hands, and I began to cry again. He came over to me. He put his arm around me. He could have said so much but he didn't say a word. He just cried with me. Finally, he got up and walked back over to one end of the files. He started pulling them out, and one by one, started signing his name over mine. No. No! All I could think to say was no as I grabbed the card from him. His name shouldn't be on this card. But there it was. In a red. So rich. So dark. And so alive. The name of Jesus was written over mine and it was written in his blood. Gently, he took the card back from me and continued signing. I don't think I'll ever know how he finished so quickly. But the next thing I knew, he came over to me and I looked up into his eyes. He said to me it is finished he took me by the hand and led me out of the room there was no lock on that door but there were still cards be written.
0: And we're glad that we have been redeemed. Aren't we glad that he paid the price for our sins? He's forgiven us all the things that we had done before we got saved. He bore on the cross. What benefit? Because he's risen. He's our Savior. He is Lord. That's one benefit. Let's talk about another one. Because he lives, we have forgiveness of sins, which we just talked about. We have also peace. We've talked about that before. And we have healing. And I want to explore that a little bit today. Let's open our Bibles to all the screen. Isaiah fifty three, verse four and five. This first verse, first verse, verse, verses. Oh my goodness. Verse four. It was just exciting to me. Because it tells me and gives me hope, more hope, so surely, our griefs he himself bore. see, because he lives it, we're not searching for a body, he has risen, and so you missed it, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> But it says, surely our griefs, when it says the griefs here, it's speaking of disease. It's speaking of all the illness, the sicknesses that we could have. He bore himself on the cross. it say, and our sorrows... He carried. And those sorrows, they are the, the pains, the results of the sufferings that was caused by the disease or the illness or the sicknesses. That is revelation. I said, Jesus, wow. You bore that on the cross for us. Now, what does that mean to us? That's a benefit because he's risen. (laughs) See, it's okay because I didn't give you the script. (laughs) It's okay. Now, as we think about that, I said, okay, God. Now, that means that I'll come back to it. Let's go to the next verse. But he was, I like, I like it from the King James. I won't read it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I said, Wow. Our transgressions, he's wonderful. Isn't that something? Our peace is upon him. But then it says, by his stripes, we're healed. Now, I know that some theologians would say that this is really talking about Salvation. Deliverance. And it is. Now, if if verse 4 was not there, I would completely believe that. But with verse 4 there, it gives me something else. I said, well... I know, God, I don't have any thoughts, any doubts. I don't have any um, reservations when someone needs Jesus, they need salvation. And if they will say, what must I do to be saved? None of us, I don't think, not one, will probably say, well, some people get saved and some don't. So I'm gonna say this prayer, and I'll lead you in this prayer, and you might get saved, and you might not. It really depends upon whether God will No, I don't think anybody, anyone, would say such a thing. Is that correct? In here. (laughs) I don't think so. I said, well, why is that? We have been taught, we have been taught, we have been taught, we have been taught that if you confess your sin." He's faithful and just to forgive your sins, cleanse you of all unrighteousness, which, which is ongoing forgiveness, but also that whoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. Is that correct? Whoever. Doesn't matter who they are. We've been taught that. But, and, and, and with the teaching also comes experiences. But the thing about salvation is, a lot of times you really don't know what's in a person's heart because you have to confess with your mouth, you have to believe in your heart. Is that what Romans says? Ten, nine, and ten. And we don't know what's in that person's heart, but we would not dare to tell that person. Well, you, you you've confessed with your mouth, but see, I, your heart, I, I tell you, you know, desperately wicked. You know, I don't really know. You know. Uh, it says that in the Old Testament. So I really don't know. Um, I'll wait for some fruit. You know, if I don't see any fruit, well, you know, you're not saved. No one does that either, do they? No. But when it comes to verse four, because of what we've taught, been taught, because of what we've experienced, we say, we'll say, oh. Don't call me to pray for this person who's sick because they probably won't get well. Because of our experiences. I don't know about you, but I've been told by the Scripture that I don't walk by experiences. I don't walk by feelings. I don't walk by sight. I walk by Faith can only be in who God is and what he said. Is that correct? So therefore, I said, God, we're going to have to help in this area because you are the one who said, if anyone among you is sick, let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray the prayer of faith of them, anoint them with oil, and you'll raise them up. Well, that's that's a scripture in the New Testament. And if we don't believe Isaiah 53, 4, you're wasting your time coming to the elders. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're wasting your time for your children coming to you. I say the word of God is true. It's true. Now, I know that our experiences might say that everyone might not get healed, but that's not up to me. Is it? Is it up to you? It's up to you to believe what God says and to pray. That's what it's up to you to do. And you pray believing in the Word of God and let God do the rest. That's what we do. That's what we do. Now, this would have been okay if it were just left in the Old Testament. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 8. And in Matthew chapter 8, verse 14, this put a nail in cement for me. Like a peg that you can climb on, you can hang on, you can it's sure. It says, when Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand. And the fever left her. She. And she got up. And waited on him. And if you stop there. You say well yeah. But that's Jesus. You know that's not really us. That's Jesus. Wait hold on. Before you say anything. Let's keep reading. When evening came. They brought to him many. Who were demon possessed. And he cast out. The spirits with a word. You say, whoa, I don't believe in evil spirits. I don't believe in casting out devils. Well, white it out of your Bible. Because it's in the Word of God, isn't it? If it's in the Word of God, that means it's true. And heal all who are ill. You say, oh, that's Jesus. That's just Jesus. That's just Jesus. Oh, that's Jesus. Wait a minute. Oh, before you said it. Wait a minute. It would have been fine if he said, well, I did this to confirm that I am Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. But he didn't say that. Let's look at it. He said in verse 17, Revelation, Revelation. This was to fulfill... What was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. We just read it in Isaiah 53, 4 and verse 4. This was to fulfill it. What does fulfill mean? Yeah. He demonstrated and brought this to pass. This is, this is New Testament. This is not Old Testament. This is New Testament. It's Jesus telling, I'm fulfilling this scripture in your eyes today. This scripture is true. It's still true today. He says, he himself took our infirmities, oh, and carried our diseases. And if you would do your homework, if you want to look up those words, infirmities and diseases, you'll find out they mean the same thing as, boy, Greece took our sorrows. I said, oh, Jesus, that set me free because, there are many sick people in the world. There are many sick people in Lynchburg. Right? And if we'll uh, take a count kind of survey, there might be something wrong with half of us. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, I mean uh, might have a cold, might have a virus, have a allergies or half of I mean, Come on. <laughs> come on, mama. You know, it might be something wrong with half of us. I you told know, my hurts, I mean, you know my, you know, my finger, you know, it's kind of it's bending. Come on. It might be something wrong with it. Some of all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. In our workplaces, are we going to bring the word of God to them? And say, look, may I pray for you? May I pray for you? Well, well, uh, but, um, but um, I have a virus. I mean, I, I have an allergies, and and doctor said I, I'm gonna have this all of my life. I'm uh, you know, I have, you know, allergy medicine. Would you let me pray for you? But because Jesus Christ fulfilled that which was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. Well, you can pray for me. Yeah, you can pray for me. You yeah, You know, and you pray for him. Oh, and you just let God be God. Let God be God. I said, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I just wanted to explore that. That's a benefit of Jesus Christ's resurrection. It's a benefit because he lives. That's why he could send the twelve out by twos and say, heal the sick, raise the dead. Right? He sent them out with authority. He sent us in John chapter 17, just as I've been sent, I sent them also, speaking of the uh, uh, disciples, and of course it means the same thing to us because we're disciples too. He sent us. Second Corinthians 5 17, 18. Nine. He sent us. We're ambassadors A benefit. There's two benefits. Let's talk about a third benefit. A third one would be, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We have victory through Christ Jesus. I'm going to, um, at this time, have Joy Buendorf and Julie Martin, her sister. uh, They're going to dance to a song by Chris Tomlin called I Will Rise." Conquerors. More than conquerors. Let's end in Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 31 through 39, with seeing the, the youth, a J Jesus youth group, hearing the singers and Keyboarders, the monologue, Joanne down and Dance, Joy, Julie. What then shall we say to these things? Because we're talking about because he lives, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Whatever we have need of, it would need a peace. It would need comfort. It would need encouragement. It would need healing. It would need deliverance. It would need salvation. Whatever we need, he is. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is he who did, died. Yes, rather, who was raised? He is risen. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Who is at the right hand of God who is interceding for us? separate us from the love of Christ with tribulation or distress how about persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword just as is written for your sakes we are being put to death all day long we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered but all these things We overwhelmingly conquer. In other words, we utterly defeat. We are victorious. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and who loves us. I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things past. I don't care whether it's the powers in the heavenly realm that we read about in Ephesians uh, 6, the rules of darkness and heavenly place I don't care who or what, I don't care whether it's height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. He's our Lord and Savior. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious. So, today, if you are here and you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ yet, the benefits that we talked about today, the three that we talked about today, they're yours in Jesus Christ. And if you are here today and You did this once, but you know you haven't been living for Jesus Christ. You know you haven't been reaping the benefits of the risen Lord. Today is a day to return to your Lord and Savior. If that's you today, we want to pray for you in any of those two situations. Would you stand, please? If you're here today and you say, well, I have other needs. I, have, I don't have peace in this situation. Um, I need comfort. I need encouragement. I need these things. But they're not necessarily what you said in your message. But I have need. Jesus Christ will meet your needs. Will the prayer, all the team, come up, please. We'd like to pray for you if you need salvation. I'd like to pray with you. If that's you, just raise your hand and put it back down. Anyone who needs salvation today. Anyone just raise your hand and put it back down. We we will pray for you. Anyone? Okay. I see the hands. Is anyone here today want to return to Jesus Christ? She's like a prodigal son. She's like, you know, it's not worth it out here in the world. I want to return to what I know my mother, my grandmother, somebody led me to the Lord once upon a time. I want to return there. Just raise your hand and put it back down. We'd like to pray for you. Anybody here like that? Okay? We want to close with praying for the two people to raise their hands and those two people, would you pray after me, please? And you can pray under your breath where if people don't hear you. It's so fine, fine, fine. It's no problem. God hears. He hears all. He sees all. He knows every word before it's ever spoken. The main thing, he knows your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus. I come to you this day for the salvation of my soul. Today, I want to give my life to you. Today, I want the price you paid for my sins. Today, I want to be delivered from sin. By your precious blood that you shed on the cross. And from this time on, I will live for you by your grace. And I will listen to what you would have me to do from this point on. For the person who wanted to rededicate their lives, you repeat after me. Father... In the name of Jesus, I return to my first love. I strayed, but today I'm returning. And I know just like the prodigal, you are waiting and you are meeting me with open arms. And you said, if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I'm confessing that I have strayed, but I know that there is cleansing continuously with your blood. Cleanse me today, Lord. Everybody say amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our website is CornerstoneLynchburg.com. You may call us at 434-847-4796. And our physical address is 525 Old Graves Mill Road
1: in Lynchburg, Virginia.